everyone. Good afternoon. So good to see all of you. Praise the Lord. The God has a special, as I always say, blessing to all those who will tune in to us and go to the internet on live. We're live right now, but later you may get us on YouTube or you may get us on Facebook and all the, the ways you can pick us up on the internet. But we're so glad you're here and you're, and you're here expecting something great from God today. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Last week we talked about uh, the, uh, the importance of God, the I Am. And the week before we talked about the importance of the Word of God. And today we're going to talk about the, part, the importance of being the children of God. And it's a kind of a dual title. And we're going to talk about the identity of the children of God. The identity of the children of God and the importance of being the children of God. And in this lesson, you're going to see that we have an identity in Jesus and we have benefits as children of God. So we want you to just listen carefully. It's an unusual scriptures I put together, usual message. But just listen carefully and I think you will, you will receive just what you need and what I'm trying to say today, okay? Praise the Lord. Our text scriptures... Uh, the first scripture is Exodus 4, 4th chapter, 22 through 26. We'll read that one. That's Exodus 4, 22 through 26. Then you shall say to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, my firstborn. So I say to you, let my son go that he may serve me. But if you refuse to let him go, Indeed, I will kill your son, your firstborn. And it came to pass on the way at the encampment that the Lord met him and sought to kill him, talking about Moses. Then Zipporah took a sharp stone and cut off the foreskin of her son and cast it at Moses' feet and said, Surely you are a husband of blood to me. So he let him go, talking about God let Moses go. Then she said, You are a husband of blood. Because of the circumcision. Let's turn to Romans now. These are text scriptures that gives you an idea where I'm going. Romans 8, 29. Romans 8, chapter 29th verse. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And then now let's turn to Hebrews, the first chapter. 1 and 2, and then we're going to jump to 6, okay, of the same chapter. Hebrews 1, verse 1, God who was at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. And in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. Verse 6, And when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all the angels of God worship him. Praise the Lord. Up until Moses and the time of Israel leaving Egypt, Egypt was one of the preeminent, dominant, and prestigious countries of its day. God made it so during the time of Joseph, the son of Jacob. But 430 years had gone by, 
and Joseph is dead. There is a new Pharaoh, and the children of Israel find themselves in bondage to Egypt for many years as slaves. The Lord God has already visited Moses and instructed him in the plan of Israel's deliverance. Moses makes plans to leave, and the Lord gives him last-minute instructions. Notice how God, he's a detailed God. Everything he would not leave out so that Moses would truly understand. He tells him to bring the rod to show forth the wonders of God and tell Pharaoh, Israel is my firstborn. Tell him that you must let my son go or I will kill your firstborn. Here the Lord is showing to Pharaoh that Israel is preeminent. Israel has the rights as the firstborn and the blessing of Almighty God upon him. I want you to understand the identity of Israel being the firstborn for, for Israel, for that blessing of that covenant. I feel that the scriptures I read in Exodus 4 are put together there for a reason. This is what the Lord showed me, okay? The scene changes to Moses and family are traveling to Egypt from Midian, and at the encampment, the Lord meets him, and the scripture says he seeks to kill Moses. But his wife, Zipporah, takes a sharp stone and circumcised circumcises her son and cast it at Moses' feet and calls him husband of blood to her because of the circumcision. With this act, the Lord let Moses go. The Bible does not say which son he circumcised because verse 20 of Exodus 4, chapter 4 says that Moses took his sons with him on this journey. And if you, if you read the scriptures, you will find out two of his sons are, are listed in genealogy. Why Moses had not circumcised his sons is not explained, but it could have been because he was living in Midian with his father-in-law, and, and their practice was to circumcise the male children at puberty. And also, we have to realize that Moses really did not live amongst the children of Israel or the Israelites growing up. He lived in Pharaoh's house, and he had lived away after that when he ran away for 40 years in the desert. But the Lord still required all male children of Israel to be circumcised. What I want you to see is Israel's identity was shown by the practice of circumcision. That was their identity. The nation of Israel became the firstborn of the old covenant because of the covenant God made with Abraham through circumcision. They had a birthright and blessing that other groups of people did not have. The covenant was completed because Abraham was willing and obedient to sacrifice his son, Isaac, to God, even though the Lord intervened and stopped him. God said, circumcision is enough. The shedding of human blood through circumcision in obedience to Almighty God made this covenant. Men's obligation was to shed his blood. God's obligation was to provide for them and protect them. But this covenant made only, only made them the children of Israel who shed their blood for this agreement. But this covenant did not change the Old Testament believers and followers to children of God. They could never be heirs of God because sin separated them from being children. And as you read the Old Testament, they're always going to refer to them as children 
of Israel, not children of God. But Almighty God had a better plan that was to come. This plan would remove all sin. Jesus, who became the firstborn of many brethren, is identified by his shed blood. We are children of God by the blood of Jesus. John 1.12, first chapter, 12th verse says, But as many as received him, Jesus, to them he gave the right or the authority or the power to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. His blood makes us his family. It all has to do with God being our eternal father because of the shed blood of, of the Lamb of God. Jesus, our Lord. In the natural, we can prove we are of a certain family by the DNA of our blood. Everything comes down to the blood. The blood can tell you what part of the world is your origin. It can also tell what kind of heredity diseases is found in your blood. We know that the blood of animals could not remove sin, only cover it. But we do know that life is in the blood. Through the sacrifice of Jesus' blood, it is possible for all humanity, every color, every creed, rich or poor, male and female, can become one with him and one with God. But through faith in the shed blood of Jesus, we all lose our identity. And many people will not follow Jesus because they don't want to lose their identity. They are proud of who they are. But it comes to a point if you want to be a child of God, you've got to be willing to lose your identity. It's all about the blood of the firstborn from the dead. That's what counts. Not what your bloodline is. It's from the one. The firstborn from the dead is what counts to be children of God. Hallelujah. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Hallelujah. Because of his death and resurrection, we are now children of God, heirs of God, heirs with God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. That's found in Romans 8, chapter 2, 16 and 17. He is our elder brother. Jesus is our elder brother. In this scripture lesson, we are seeing the importance of being the children of God. Now we're going to see the privileges and the benefits of the children of God. As a nation of the children of God or the church, we have special blessings and privileges. Not only are we heirs of God, but our Father provides for us. And let's turn to the famous scripture in Matthew. But it's so important to read Matthew, the sixth chapter, verses 25 through 34. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his statue? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spun, spin. 
And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles, or the heathen, seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Underline righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. The benefits of the church. God has given us benefits, so we should not worry. We are children of God, just like as you are, when you're a child, you don't worry about your clothes or the food you're going to eat. You just take for granted mama's going to have food on the table and daddy's going to go out and work and he's going to provide for me a place to live and clothes on my back and shoes on my feet. We don't worry about those things as children. Well, why do we worry them as children of God? He is our father, hallelujah, and he's going to take care of every little thing, every little detail, even a piece of jewelry you may like. He wants you to look good. Maybe those expensive shoes. Oh, believe God. God can supply you with those expensive shoes. Why not? You're his child. Hallelujah. In Isaiah 64:4, the writer describes the God of the nation of Israel and the nation of the church this way, because both have covenants. He says this to his covenant people. This is a great scripture. Isaiah 64, chapter, fourth verse. It says, for since the beginning of the world, men have not heard, nor perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen any God besides you who acts or performs or does things for the one who waits for him. And let's turn now to Psalms 31, 19. Nineteen and verses 19 and 20 of Psalms 31st chapter. Oh, how great is your goodness which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of the Son of Men. You shall hide them in the secret place of your presence from the plots of man. You shall keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Here we see that our God is a God of protection. The Lord hides us from the plots of men and keeps us in secret shelter from the strife of tongues. So why are you worrying about what's happening in the world today? Why are you worrying about COVID? Why are you worried about the, the, uh, the, uh, the strife that's going on and the, and the rioting that's going on? God will keep you as his child safe. You don't have to worry. God will protect you. His angels are in charge over you. He has a secret shelter just for you. You ever thought about that? Things can be all around you going crazy, but you've got a secret shelter. Hallelujah. He will protect you. Hallelujah. Men can say anything about the church. They can, the strife of tongues, but he will shut their mouths. Hallelujah. For we shall reign as we're supposed to reign. Hallelujah. On this earth. 
Then 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 12, let's turn to there. Talks about what God has prepared for us. Second chapter of 1 Corinthians, verses 9 through 12. But as is it, as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might, might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit will let us know. The Lord has prepared for those that love him by the Holy Spirit things that they haven't seen nor heard as yet. There's things that God's going to reveal to his church before the coming of the Lord. And we are, we are not to get frustrated. We are to wait on him and he will, he will delight himself in us and he will show us the desires of our hearts and the desires of his heart. Hallelujah. In these last days, the Lord will be revealing himself in such a mighty way so that we may know the things that have been freely given to us by God. It's not going to be a secret. We're going to know it. Hallelujah. It is so important for the church world to know who they are in Christ. They need to know the importance of the children of the Most High God because of the blood of Jesus Christ. You are important to God. You are identified as children of God because of His Son, Jesus Christ. We have rights and privileges as all heirs do. Just as Jacob lost his identity and became Israel, we lose our identity through the blood of Jesus and become the children of God. All we have to do is receive him as Lord and Savior and become his disciple. Because of our act of receiving him, we have the authority to be the children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Father, we just thank you that you have given us this privilege to believe in your name. We thank you, Lord, that your word is yea and amen. It's forever settled in heaven. And these scriptures, oh God, are true. Because Jesus, you are the truth. You are the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come unto the Father except by you. And we, as we come to you, we lose our identity in ourselves, which is identity of sin and degradation and pain and sorrow and guilt. But when we receive you, Lord Jesus, we receive life eternal, everlasting life. We receive health to our bodies. We restore, we are restored in every part of our life. And the Holy Spirit transforms us into the image of Jesus Christ, our Lord. We thank you, Lord, that our identity is not in ourselves anymore. For we have become new creatures or new creations in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. And I thank you, Lord, for that new identity. Because of this new identity, we are important to you. And you have provided for us. You have provided for us life and health and prosperity. You have provided protection. You have provided favor. You provided an assignment for us, 
and you provided a distribution for us that we will know how to sow into your kingdom. Lord, we thank you and we praise you, Lord God, for this new identity. We can call it Jezreel, hallelujah, that our God sows into our life, hallelujah, daily. He daily loads us with benefits because we are his children. We don't have to walk for anything, for the Lord is our shepherd and we shall not want. Because of this, it is a privilege to be called children of the Most High God. We are special to you, Lord God. Our covenant is a covenant of eternal, everlasting life. No longer are we called servants of God, but we are children of God. Hallelujah. Heirs of God. Join heirs with Jesus Christ, the firstborn from the dead. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord God, and we glorify you for the promises of your word that we can enjoy each day. Now, Lord, I pray for those that are out there that may be listening, that maybe they don't know that they're children of God. Maybe they desire to be a child of God, Father. I pray for them that you will touch their hearts right now, that they will surrender their old identity. Say, I don't want to be that person anymore. I want to be a new person. I want to have a new life. I want to be blessed in my coming in and my going out. I want to be blessed forevermore. That can be you if you just say, Jesus, come into my heart. I receive you as Lord and Savior. I believe you rose again from the dead. You died for me and rose again. You shed your blood for me so I can have a new identity. Come into my heart, Lord God. Change me. Make me that new person. Thank you, Lord, for being my Savior. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Come into my life and transform me right now. Lord, we just thank you as they have prayed this. Lord God, they have become children of the Most High God. Just that simple. Just a simple prayer. But if you mean it from your heart, the Lord will change you and make you that new person that you can be ready when he comes back for his children, which is his church. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thank you for watching today.